That's right, folks. The sisters are doing it for themselves. The sisters of perpetual indulgence. All the other sisters are sisters. The nuns. And uh, in the Women's Month, I brought the wrong bank of records, but I had a bunch of stuff with uh, the females going. So let's hear it for Franklin Lennox.
over my nose against this night cold empty room as wide as my throat eases flows river a mocha memory from Aunt Ora's kitchen she made it in the big tin percolator and poured the brew into thick white fist sized mugs and put lots of sugar and milk in it for me and the other kids who loved it better than chocolate. And the neighbor woman used to tell her and us 
It wasn't good for young colored children to drink. It made you get blacker. Maxine Cervenka is an Aquarius, and in fact, today is her birthday. She used to live in Florida, where she wore platform shoes and disco danced in gay bars. She hitched a ride to Venice, California, and got a job and an apartment at Beyond Baroque. Eventually, she moved uptown to a basement in Hollywood. Since then, Half of Hollywood has been torn down, but what do you expect? As singer and songwriter for the band X, her television credits include Dick Clark's Rock and Roll Special at Knott's Berry Farm, <laughs> Putting on the Hits, and the Jerry Lewis Telethon in Las Vegas. I was going to read some things from my sister that she wrote because uh, she died and all that. This is supposed to be pink champagne, but it looks like mold that grew on the page, fur and all. True story 12178. Okay, strange encounter with a stranger. Strictly taxi driver without the mohawk, but the same motionless words, the same incantations of drivenless desire. Preceded by aloof disinterest, I was trapped. It was 3 a.m., taxi riddled in snow, police staring, snow-blinding nightness. Wheel, of course, it only spins. I didn't know you. We smoked a joint in an empty vantage. The clouds fell with twisting snow that swept. You said, are you into S&M? The fare was $3, but you wanted a beating. Well, I got out. I heard you call my name. Did it get lost in a drift? I think of being scared. You'd come back and shoot me. But I guess you were just looking for a good time. The smell of the atmosphere fills people's brains up, and they don't have much room up there to begin with. Carbon monoxide, a night-blooming jasmine, think like a truck, act like a flower. I'm going to kill you. After 10 days of disco mindless boogie t-shirts, I'm gonna kill something. Almost everybody wears the ugliest clothes with haughty relief to be hidden along the path of least resistance. Ugly Jews sniveling cocaine with gold chains and arguing of pitifully small amounts of nothing. Bloated Italians swollen with self-righteousness, choked with pinky rings extended and their faces blank with Citibank. I am in the Valley of Tinsel. Raymond Chandler and Jackie Gleason could never dim the charisma that is Black Randy. I've been every place, done everything, charming Black Randy. 
Not a gentleman, definitely a wolf, if ever there was one. My scary visions of my drunken grandmother, because our grandmother looked exactly like Ralph Granny, falling downstairs cloud the haze of adoration. Sincerely, with cigarette burns on the wrist, Black Randy, Duke of Earl at 13. This has to be the end of the line. Nothing left to reconstruct. Faceless brains with no commitment. Birds chirping senselessly in the ignorant dawn. The sky produces sons like welfare mothers. No meaning, just one after another. A future of restricted reason and the ability of courage gone numb. My knuckles crack with disillusion. I cannot think of why this should not be near the end of the line for me. The misuse of fate, destiny, chance, and defiled. Every discarded t-shirt a symbol of hell to pay. Why me? That's what they all say as they crumple. Feeling worthless at age 13 times 2, deaf and dumb. The world's been struck by hit and run. Sun shining brightly where there used to be a moon, so what? Life is living towards death, piece by piece, approaching the living end. I think it's all relative, but I'm not sure of the significance of discovering that life is cheap. My clothes are closing in on me, tighter and more difficulty breathing. I want to be like those people who think the sky crashes down when they die. But what the heck? What this is? 
and there's a bullet in this barrel that's just waiting to bite your back. Now spread them wider, so help me, I'll send you to visit Jesus.
your hands, behind your back. We're going to give you some bracelets to wear, but they won't be diamonds. Jeez, I like to stomp your ass. You flashing reds. I almost shot you back there, you know that? What are you people gonna learn, huh? Talk too much. That makes me damn mad when you talk too much. I was ready to put lead in your brain, you know that?
shit makes me damn mad. I'd rather take you to the morgue. from the lower back all the way up to your shoulders. They're going to improve your back flexibility and back strength. And let's go. And one. And we're on exercise two, A. And three, just raise up really four, slowly. Five. Six. And seven. Just easily back down. Eight. And one. And now B. Two. Three. And raise up as high four, as you can get. Straighten five, the arms. Six. Seven, and slowly back down. Eight, and one. And we're on C. Two. Your arms three, are clasped behind you. Four. Five. Raise up. Six. Seven. Slowly back down. Eight. One. Two. And lift up like you're flying. Three, and make it feel really four, good. Five. Six. Seven. Easily back down. Eight.
friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. That's short for Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube, W-M-S-A-C. How's it going, Carl? Good, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I can't do it fast, right? L-W-A-F-L. Carl, I don't know the Carl Sign Language. L M L O. It's O. We. It's very important up top for us to let you know that our acronym is L W A F L M O Y T because we would love for you to subscribe for us on our podcast or our YouTube channel. And guess what? We are streaming right now on Mutiny Radio. Dot .fm which is a full on .fm internet radio station broadcasting right. out of San Francisco. We've been on the air there since 2016. We love that station. You could go to mutinyradio.fm, you could press the donate uh donate button, donate <laughs> money and then or or go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio, throw a couple bucks in, but check out their website, check out what's streaming right now, which is us if you're listening. And of course, subscribe to our podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We're going to watch it with you. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl has selected the movie. Carl wrote the theme song you just heard. He has a special interview coming up. Uh, and he's also researched what movie. Carl, what are we watching? <clears throat> Today we are watching Dirty Little Billy, 1972. Dirty Little Billy. That's what you put in the search engine. Say 1972. I think you're only going to get... You're going to get two choices, but I'll click away and you'll find out you really only get one choice. And the channel is Stu Karkanis. Okay. K-A-R-K, Kark, A-N-N-A-S, Karkanis. It's not Arkansas with a K in front of it. Stu Karkanis is our channel. Dirty Little Billy, 1972. All right. Well, that's Bring a bunch of words, right. But you're saying that's the only version of this movie. Well, there's another one that looks like it is, but when you click on it, it's somebody just shot a television set and it's like they cut off the last 15 minutes. Okay, we don't want that one. We want the longer version. And it's a little Dirty Billy. What? Isn't that the movie? Dirty Little Billy, Dirty Little Billy, 1972. That's what I just said. You said a little... Dirty Billy, Billy, which is very descriptive. I mean, you're not way off base. Dirty there. little Billy, and I said a little dirty Billy. You said, you said little dirty Billy, but it's okay. dirty little Billy. Fair enough. I have to admit, my headphones decided to go off during the description, so I was unable to hear any of that before, prior to it. So <laughs> it is dirty little Billy, DLB, of course, 1972, and we are looking for the channel. Stew. Stew. Okay. Yeah, it's Carcanus. Stew Carcanus. Go ahead and click that link. 
Once you find it and hit pause, we want you to move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We, again, producer Carl has knocked it out of the park once again. I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but he went and spoke to a celebrity comedian and celebrity comedian will give the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say zero or go, excuse me, when they say go, press the start button and we'll start mm -hmm. the movie. But first, check out this comedian. Take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Count Comedian Countdown, this time with James Bonjami. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Welcome, James. Oh, thanks for having me, Carl. Now, James, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. We see each other, so, you know, at shows, at open mics and stuff. So I'm wondering, like, how you got started in comedy and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> I don't know, like... At family gatherings, like people always like come up to me and be like, "Oh man, you should be like a stand-up comedian." I'm like, "I don't, I don't think I got it." <laughs> and then uh, I was in Boston for college, and one of my buddies, he was interested in it too, um, and we just hit like an open mic, and I, I bombed, and then I never did it again for like a year, right? Uh, a year or two, and then I took a class, and like that just got me like comfortable with uh, like being up on stage and stuff, mm -hmm. um, and then. I was coming back during the pandemic or before the pandemic uh, when I moved to uh, Poughkeepsie and then uh, pandemic hit, but I'd say I'm hit, I've been hitting it hard for like the past like two and a half years. Um, mm -hmm. But like 2017, I think is like the first mic I ever did. Wow. That's going back. So where yeah. was this comedy class? Uh, it was at um, not improv Boston. I did do an in improv class too. Later on, I mm -hmm. sucked at that. Um, so it was in Boston. Yeah, yeah, it was in Boston. Okay. I can't remember the name. I'm blanking on it. Now, I see you in New Jersey all the time, but I consider you a Hudson Valley comedian. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd consider that as well. But I'm, I'm very close to Jersey. I, I do a lot of, like, the Nanuet Nyack mics, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, bouncing around all over. But I wish there was more up here, but, but unfortunately there's not yet, so got to do a little driving to get to the comedy sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Jersey's a big outlet for that. I know you take advantage of that, and that's really smart. Yeah, now, for sure. Recently, you got a surprise opportunity to perform at a huge club, Levity Live. Hal brought that to you. Tell us that story and how you got selected. Yeah, so um, Mel's been great to me. Um, I, you know, just showing up to the Henry and, and the mics he started. Um, and we kind of built a good relationship, um, and he's put me on some shows at the Henry, um, like some fundraisers and stuff like that. So he's been amazing, and he just, like, I, I was pretty down about comedy for a while. Like, I, uh -huh. I was struggling to get booked, and I was like, I don't even really want to, like, should I continue this? Like, is there a point? And then, like, I got a text from Mel out of the blue, and he's like, hey, do you want to perform at Levity Live this Sunday or this weekend? You'll, you'll do three shows. Um, it was a holiday weekend in February. Uh, is that MLK? No. Uh, President's Day. President's mm -hmm. Day weekend, which also coincides with my wife's birthday. So I was like, uh oh. I know. <laughs> like, I, I mean, she she fully supported me and, and great better about it. Yeah. But uh, it, it was amazing. Um, DJ Demers was the headliner. Couldn't have been nicer. And the, and the feature was Kevin Dombrowski. Both, both great people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kevin is a good friend. He lives in this in the town I live in, and he's really hilarious. He is. Yeah, so he you is. were a little down on yourself in comedy, then you got this text. So you're, be, you know, got your got you back. I mean, you're getting booked. 
Yeah, it's been tough though. Um, like when you're just on Instagram and you're seeing people doing all these shows, and you're just like, <laughs> why, why can't I get on any of these things? But and, and you start like doubting yourself, and it's, yeah. it's all a part of it. But uh, well, you I think gotta the, persevere. It's good you do because things are going good for you. This Saturday, you're going to be at that comedy club in Poughkeepsie. Laugh it up. It's this competition, right? That's uh, not a competition. It's, a ju it's just a showcase. I, I forgot to mention that. So um, it's called Hudson Valley's Funniest. It's saying we're bringing to you the funniest yeah. people. Yeah. Now, this is hosting duties. And I see you, be it an open mic or a real show, a Saturday night show, I see you doing a lot of hosting. Do you like it? Uh, honestly, I prefer to just do spots, but it's yeah. a skill you need to have. So the more I get to work on it, the better I'll become at it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I do an adequate job. I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but there's always room for improvement. So mm -hmm. Always, sure. Well, I thought you did a good job recently in Beacon, New York, uh, when I was uh, at an open mic and you were the host. Now, I want to get on to your social media and get to the countdown, but I got to ask you, about these stories of like reckless behavior, putting yourself in harm's way when you were a kid. Yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, so uh, like my, my niece just visited here this weekend and um, like I just noticed how like protective my brother is and his wife of like her and making sure she's okay. And I'm not saying my parents weren't, but like, I mean, I had my brother, so I was always around with him and his friends and he was like five years older. And ah. like we would just be at like to get around. I would um, I don't remember if you know uh, if you remember like pegs on bicycles, like on the back wheels you could stand on them. Oh yeah, those two protruding. Yeah, yeah. They, like people would like BMXers grind on them stuff like that. But like that's like if we were going somewhere, like I would just stand on the back of pegs, no helmet. <laughs> like we'd be bombing down like these giant hills, uh, Sand Hill in Maine, where where we grew up. And uh, I don't even think these bikes had brakes. It was just, they would just drag their feet to slow them down. <laughs> and uh, and one like time, I was, I was probably like eight years old, and uh, we I made it down the hill, and we came up to like a bridge crossing, and I'm on the back pegs, and my um, my feet slipped off because we hit a bump. Yeah. And and my uh, my nuts just took the full brunt of that <laughs> accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever used your your uh, taint as a brake pad before, but it's not it's not great. <laughs> okay, now let's get to the social media. Now it's James Fongemi. Fongemi. It's F O N G E M I E. F O N G E M I E. How can people find you out there on social media? See yeah, what so you're up to. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Those are the two I use the most. Uh, I have a Threads, and I haven't done anything with that yet. I don't have mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, we'll see. I got to get my my online following presence a lot bigger uh -huh. um, as as I continue to go down the path of comedy. So, what's your Instagram handle? At it's, uh, oh yeah, it's just James Dash Fonjami. So first James name Dash Fonjami, uh, last name. And of course, on Facebook, it is your name. Yep, same thing. Just James okay. Fonjami. Okay, one more time. It's F-O-N-G-E-M-I-E. -E. Okay, James Fongemi. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film same time we do. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, James Fongemi, and give us that Celebrity Comedian Countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go! 
Thank you, Celebrity Comedian. That was very cool. I look forward to listening to it. And now, a Western, Carl? Yes. And this is a true life story, right? Uh, okay. See, when I texted you the movie, you replied saying, okay, Billy the Kid. How did you know yeah. it was Billy the Kid? I think, I don't know if the title was Dirty Little Billy. I think it yeah. said Billy the Kid somewhere in the description. Oh, maybe in the description. Because the thing is, if you watch this film and you don't know about, you know, Billy Bonnie. Um, <clears throat> let's see, his name was, um, yeah, Billy Bonnie. If you don't know that name, you don't know the father's, uh, stepfather's name, like, uh, this never says Billy the Kid. It never does. Who was the song of Billy the Kid, and this is how we started. We don't get any of that. Even at the way end, they don't go, okay, you can call me Billy the Kid from now on. Right. I'll call you Billy. Nice job, the kid. To me, yeah, I like that. Found- I thought it was just some cowboy movie, and I thought it was really interesting. Now, why is it interesting? Like, why don't we even know Billy the Kid? We know Billy the Kid because he killed 21 people. That's how we know. I guess I'll lose this audience. All right, well, the trains are coming. Okay, not only did he kill 21 people, I shouldn't say not only, but that the real reason is... He got picked up by the newspapers, and in 1860, 70, 80, whatever, whenever this was, <clears throat> that was spreading around. People read the newspaper, you know, and, oh, look at this piece out of Chicago. You know, they really shared stuff. Billy the Kid, uh, he was born in New York, but all it, the stuff happened to him, like, um, in Lincoln, uh, you know, far from New York is essentially what I'm saying. I have it written down here. And it made the papers. He killed 21 people. This sheriff was always after him. It was pretty famous. And, you know, he was brought up in, in the court with a rid. Okay, getting off of the stage, coach, here. There's Billy. See dirty little right. Billy? Michael J. Pollard. That's right. And he does a great uh, job. <clears throat> my middle name is Jay. I'm a Michael J. as well. Uh-huh, you fox. So this is mom and stepdad, okay? Um, stepdad, his name in real life was An- A- Antrim, Ben Antrim. And Billy the Kid for a time was Billy Antrim, you know, during his... Okay, so they got off of a, a train and look what they got us trudge through. Oh, it's like the marshlands. Are they outside Meadowlands? Oh, <laughs> poor shit. Yeah, you I'll can never see make Route 3 being constructed. <laughs> They're off of Route 3. Over. Yeah. Okay, now, Billy's doing the, like, mom, this, and mom, I lost my shoe, and help me kind of thing. Try, the director's trying to show us that uh, he, he's young. In this thing, I think he's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17. In real life, he's 33 years old, but he pulls it off because he's, like, short and baby-faced. You know, that's one thing. Well, he's definitely babyface, but I knew like Billy the Kid who's going to be portrayed by an actor who's not the kid. Right. Well, you know? this was trying to debunk the 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 slick Hollywood, um, vi- you know, the legend of Billy the King, kid. This was trying to just show like um, trying to be the real story, just of of how we got. Uh, and grew to become a psychopath, essentially. Right. 
This movie launches his crime career and not even really till the very end. Oh, so this is a slow boil of a movie? A a Uh, character study and then ends in violence? uh, uh, Some of what you just said is true. I wouldn't say it's slow, but yeah, it's definitely slower and there is character study. There's violence peppered throughout, but not by him necessarily, you see. Welcome to Motel 6. That's right. Uh, <laughs> there's an HBO guide to March on the TV. Sorry, it's June, but we haven't got the new subscriptions. Speaking of which, here's the Star Ledger. You'll have to get the cable, phone, and internet package. Uh-huh, right. Oh, our internet password, our Wi-Fi password, it's fucking pay for it. with a little circle (laughs) now this guy at first I thought he was the father on the Waltons but he wasn't he's sort of like the mayor of the town he's selling them I don't know is he the salesperson he's getting them to sign a contract that takes the house and we're seeing what shitty conditions it is where I don't know why I can't find his information are there are there is the landlord offering so it's not landlord he's selling them the house yeah yeah and the thing is he's more like a mayor of a town than a salesperson so i kind of don't understand it but keeping the town in control now he's saying that um <clears throat> look at that bomb. yeah keeping the town in control but also if they become a level three town with enough population they can get a mayor they can elect a council and they can get a sheriff that's their big goal. Now, watch what he writes. Henry McCarty. But in real life, his name was, uh, uh, where's dad? Antrim. Ben Antrim. So, also, they're in this town. Um, they, they, this isn't historically accurate where they are, Okay. I I think this is a fiction more than. Want to give it a listen? Let's give it a listen. Yeah, let's let's take a listen. Are they outside Disneyland? They are. Can't wait to work at Frontierland. (laughs) That's right. Now, Climore got an epidemic on their hands. People are going to start dying and people are going to start fleeing the town. Are they going to force them in? Not force them in, but they'll be forced to move. Uh, and this is the next town over, and they'll welcome them with open arms. Even though they have cooties. Yeah. Well, that that I never understood in the film. Third Maybe they're, they're anti-vaxxers. We don't believe in the epidemic. Oh, hey. You're the mayor if we were a town. Now, this is Nick Nolte's film debut. Really? Yeah. But this is what, 1972? Yes. Wasn't he on like Playhouse 90 in the 50s and shit like that? I don't know. This was his film debut, and he's a little, little guy. Now, I can't find him. I have two suspicions. Okay. Mm. Now, it can you see against the wall clapping under that? Oh, never mind. They stood up. It's like welcome, 
the kids and their kid Billy, Billy the kid. Twinkie. Please hey. me, make your acquaintance. Do you okay. think Billy the kid and Twinkie the kid are related? No. Okay, look who it is. Hazel Crabtree. Look. It's Gary Busey. Yeah. Can you believe it? 1972, huh? That was like, I guess, yeah. Buddy Holly's story was his big star turn. That was probably yeah. in 74 ish. Uh, I have it here, of course. And he's um, he's not crazy yet. Yeah, this is that pre horrible motorcycle accident he had. Right. 1978 was Buddy Holly, so it's not yet. Not That's right. You know, remember we watched uh, Head of the Family, and I, I yeah. interviewed the the guy who wrote the memoirs with Charlie of Charlie Band. Yeah, Charlie Band has an, a chapter about how he hated, how horrible it was working with Gary Busey. Gary okay. Busey was there for like one day, and like everyone in the, the staff was crew was complaining about him and just kind of handsy, you know. And that was it. <clears throat> he never used him again. So yeah, out of all those movies, he got called out. So it's like, can you hunt? Can you fish? And he goes, no. What can you do? You boys ever play cards? <laughs> so he goes, the saloon. The saloon is the place for you. What goes on there? Well, I don't okay. know. Never been in there. Ain't allowed 50 feet from the place. Why not? Say Goldie Evans will shoot you just as soon as look at you. Goldie Evans. Say the boy's crazy. Can't let him in. Goldie Evans, he haunts the town. He's like the bad part of the town. I think oh, the present Goldie. <laughs> Listen, I think the um Oh, did the subtitle okay, never mind. No, it's just that we're positioned over the subtitles. Okay, so now we're having like Okay, it's a new life. It's a new routine. Get the fuck up and start working in the field. That's not Billy the Kid style. <laughs> He's not Billy the Kid yet. He's Billy the preteen, teenager. Let me see. Dirty, dirty teenage Billy. Coffeeville, Kansas, this was set in, even though that's not where he was ever in his real life. Um, he grew up in Kansas, so... No, he grew, he was born in New York and he moved. Yeah. I forget; it's not in front of me right here. But because I didn't really look at the history of Billy the Kid, I read it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is just not historically accurate. Okay. I mean, now, small details. Yeah, go ahead, Carl. Well, we're just going to get Act One here, in which it's like the fucking stepfather fucking hates him, and Billy's trying, but not with much care and. But anyway, go ahead. That's that's all. What was your thought? We were watching uh, the Buster Keaton story, and yeah. this that also was historically inaccurate. Well, okay, but like that spanned Buster Keaton's life and was a horrible gaffe and a mistake. This is sort of like a story of how a kid can turn to a life of crime. You know, that's really what we're getting in this movie. So. Even if they were historically accurate, like they were in the right town and there was the right people, names, it still all be made up, man. Yeah, I guess you. 
Right, he's walking oh, so, down the street, he sees a person in a window. How do you, none of that happened, you know what I mean? I should take notes then, if they're gonna show you how to steal. Uh, they're not going, they're gonna show you how to kill and then thieve. How to kill. Pick the bones. You're writing it down? Now look uh, at this, you just uh, see in the, see what the director's doing? This director's, I think this is the director's best film, but this director is top shit, shelf, man. Okay. This guy did Mr. Mom. Okay, which we like. Yeah, and he did, um... This is better than Mr. Mom? Roughness. What's that? This is better than Necessary Roughness? Well, okay, those were like comedies, and, and this is really... He'll never make a film like this ever again. Um, he did Love at First Bite. Wow, with, uh, George Harrison. He, no, George. George. Uh, uh, oh, I, yeah, I know. Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, that sounds right. George Hamilton, and he's always like trying. He thinks he's so handsome. He was a good Dracula, but it was totally not the film we're watching here. Okay, so basically... Billy's hands have been worked to the bone. And he's like, ah, a little hard work in day two. It'll be easy because we'll have the horse. But look what Billy does. He fucks up. They got to run after the horse and get, get that plow, boy. Fucking horse. This guy did The Man with One Red Shoe by uh, with Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks. That's an interesting movie, Carl. Maybe we should see if that's on YouTube. I doubt it. Okay. I'd like to rent or buy it. It's based on a French comedy, and the American version was even weirder. Something about spies. Yeah. He kind of would walk into a room listening to a Walkman. There'll be a spy behind him, and they're about to pounce, and he'll drop something, and he'll go and yeah, pick it up, and just, the guy will go, mm -hmm. yeah. And he wouldn't see it. All right. Listen to this dad. He fucking hates him. Did you finish Mending the Fence like I told you, boy? Did you, you finish Mending the Fence? Hell yeah, did you? I was just down there. Boy, mother, I can't even trust you to put a couple of pieces of wood together. Bloody thing you lay your hand to, I have to redo. Henry, <laughs> did I tell Henry, you chill out. Yeah. Not in front of the child. You're a bum in New York and you're a bum here. <laughs> wow, he actually said that. He says, I thought I was the only one. Out here. Come on, Billy, speak up. You understand? Useless. <laughs> Where are you going? Sit down, sit down. Stop worrying about you know my father. Yeah, that's the first time he's raised his voice to him. Uh, Look at me, Ma. Look at me, I'm dying. So this is the first time he's like pushing back. He's had it, you know, you're useless and all this stuff. So he's like saying like hey man I'll, I'll just run away and he goes there's nothing keeping you here and then the mom's like whoa you know how can you say that and he yeah, goes, there's nothing kid. keeping you here so basically yeah, that's excuse me he says that in front of his mom i can't yes? think of a single person <laughs> okay so yeah. now the dad visits him in the middle of the night and said all good little boys run away you better do the same motherfucker Run away. The stepdad. The stepdad's telling Billy, yeah. Yeah. 
Look at that baby, those cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, baby cheeks. Like I said, 33 years old, he's playing a teenager. Yeah, believable. Is he so, one of your not Bert Kurtz, uh, Bert, uh, Kurtz? <laughs> no, like who, who do you think he looks like? Not Bud oh, Kurtz. He, he's definitely a singular look. I've seen him in other movies, and you could definitely, like, he's a character actor for sure. Like, yeah, but there's two not Bud Kurtz that really are not Bud Kurt. This one, yeah. he just is a baby face. It's not. He's not that he's a Bud Kurtz. So now he is going to hop on the train and head back to New York. Uh-oh. He's just hitching a ride like that? These are uh -huh. like proto-hobos. Are they proto-hobos? Pre-hobo? Probo? <laughs> hobo means Hoboken, and there probably was a Hoboken, but I don't think it was, I think the 30s and, tw you know, that the Great Depression times was the time of the hobo. The hobo. Hobo came from Hoboken, New Jersey? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you think that pissed off Paramus? Come on, guys. Don't you want to be a bunch of Paramus? Paramus. Okay, now this man, Michael Pollard, he was born in Passaic, New Jersey. And guess what? He studied acting at Montclair Kimberly Academy. Oh, wow. Very distinguished, Mr. Yeah. Pollard. Yeah. Montclair Kimberly, huh? MKA. We're from Montclair, New Jersey, so we know of what we deride. So Billy's not heading back east. He changed his mind. I don't know why. He hopped off the train. Well, you know, he didn't want to be a hobo. So he said, I'm not going back to New Jersey, that's for sure. Hoboken, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What country is he in right now? Uh, the good old U.S. of A. Look at that flag. Yep, 17 stars. Oh, yeah, right. What a good question. Let's see if we can see the flag up close. I didn't even think of that. There's 50 stars. What the hell? 51 stars. Check this out. The guy who produced this was, was Jack Warner of Warner Brothers. This is for Columbia, their rival. Okay, you see the chubby face boy on the left? Chubby face yes. guy? You know his, do you know his face? He's not Gary Busey. I could say that. Okay, his name is Mills Watson, and he's known for, like, Cujo and Papillion. But it says Up in Smoke, and I think he was the partner to that guy in Up in Smoke. You know, there was the main cop and then his partner. I think he was the partner. Yeah, right. Oh, man, that was great when they got high. So basically, they're being assholes to Billy. They're like, hey, look, you know, you can't just walk down the street, okay? You don't own this street. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he is the partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just walk down this street anytime you feel like it. We're guarding the street. So he goes, go on, garden it. I ain't stopping you. No, we're guarding it from punks like you. Tough Billy. Look. Oh. Boom. He just stepped back and the guy fell? Yeah. It's he must have grabbed his boot or something. Now, I know this guy's face and I don't know where he is. Okay. We are going to see our first maybe Nick Nolte. He'll be in the top right corner. Uh-oh. No, we're not. It's too late. You want to put that? You, you can put on the sound and we can hear if anyone sighs. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. No one sounds like Nick Nolte. 
Now, they're coming out of the saloon. And that was Goldie, who we've heard about. Oh, they shot Goldie in the saloon. And so now he's calling to Billy. He's going, kid, get my knife. Don't do it, kid. Come on, kid, get my knife. Oh, look at that. He's conflicted. Not oh. very. Those other guys were being jerks to him. So he's going to be on. He goes, God damn it. So he's going to be on Goldie's side, even though that's the stupid choice. He just saw him kill two people. Now look yeah. at the saloon. It's not a saloon with a bar and a, I mean, it yeah, does player. have a bar, but it's, it's just this shack. No, excuse me. I think I've seen enough movies to know what an old Western bar would look like. Right. You walk in, you got the double doors. doors. Right. You have Pat Hinkle and every other piano. Piano. Hey, Stand do you remember that? Piano. Remember those famous background actors in that famous Western? They were rehired and they're sitting there playing poker. <laughs> There's our bartender. There's our one bar patron. And then we have Goldie. And the woman's name is Burl. Oh, does she have a parlor on the second floor? <laughs> If you mean, is she a prostitute? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's really and realistic. You see, there were a bunch of movies all in a row that tried to debunk the, the, the um, you know, the Western of the Cowboys of TV in this time period. Sure. I, I could think of the Robert Altman movie, uh, McCabe, whatever that movie was. Uh, Step Five of these new Western styles in th within a three-year period. Um, Big Little Man, 1970. Demolished a heroic Custer. Um, and Doc is, makes Wyatt Earp look corrupt. Oof. There was a bunch of films like that. And, um, How dare they? This was one of them. They're just trying... They had enough fake cowboys... You know, I, I've been reading about a movie called Zebediah from 1971, which originally the Fireside Theater wrote the screenplay, and then they went their own direction. It was a – Don Johnson was in it. It was kind of like a rock opera, a rock uh, star uh -huh. in an old Western movie, and it was produced by Dick Clark. Oh, so. that sounds right. All right, listen to this, though. Go ahead. Blow my eyes out. Kill me. If you do me a favor. <laughs> Anything's better than living this dump, ain't it? <laughs> you hear what he said? <laughs> he don't like it here in Coffeeville. Now there's no, there's no, like he's fake sheriff. Right. And that other guy is like fake mayor. They don't have a jail. They don't have guns. They don't have money. You, you know, uh, Sergeant Sedenko's partner, he kind of looks like uh, Walton Goggins, I guess. Yeah, that, that look. I guess maybe because I'm, it's a Western and I think of him. I don't know that name, Walton, but I trust you're right. Goggins? I'm mispronouncing his name. He, oh, okay. he was, uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Now, see, what the fake mayor is like, listen, listen, he robbed you of $40, so here's $40 to square it up. We don't want you speaking poorly of Coffeeville on the, on the 
trail on the trail right you got a good word ten dollars listen can you can you shoot an instagram where you like the town here's another 40 <laughs> yeah look they're taking his shoes uh, what a great town no but mike these people have nothing there is no shoe store you know what i mean yeah Look, they're looting them. They're looting them. Because they're going to need that jacket. Seriously. Are they going to bury them at least? Uh, probably, yeah. The, as a matter of fact, the mayor goes, here's $10 for a decent burial. I know he was your good friend. He goes, yeah, well, good friends are hard to come by. He goes, get his boots. Jeez. <laughs> wow. The moment you get shot, Carl. Go on for your jacket. So they didn't. Yeah, well, you're welcome to it. I mean, if we lived in a apocalyptic zombie zombie apocalypse, yes. you might, you know, you might need my suit, my jacket. All right. Not if you got bitten by a post apocalyptic zombie. I'm, I may have to wait. See if you turn into a zombie. What? I would definitely turn into a zombie. All zombie attacked people do. Isn't it a bite? I never understood that. Like, if you were a vampire and you bit another person for their blood, they become a vampire and they have to bite somebody. And yeah, but unless you kill it. them. You see, if you suck all the blood out and they die, or or they just die during the So you the can act. leave, like, a pint of blood in there and then they'll be, like, your slave. I don't, I, no, I don't understand it. It's like you can make another person a vampire by biting them and getting the blood in them. Right. Not, like... But, sucking i don't know i don't know how it works these are questions i think about when i watch westerns do you like westerns carl um I, some yes and some no like yeah i guess i like the genre of westerns i guess but the thing is it can't be john wayne movie you know it can't be a old tv show i gotta see unforgiven or Pale Rider. Yeah, I gotta see. Outlaw Jesse Wells. You you know what I mean. There's good. Yeah, movies no, I hear you. <laughs> I just it's just interesting watching superhero movies ad nauseum, knowing that as a culture we wholly rejected westerns to a point where it became very niche nowadays, or just not you know a genre that people will. I don't know. It still exists, of course. There's well, still fans. Remember. But... Um, we started with Shane in like 1920 or whatever. We went all the way through the 50s and even the early 60s having Westerns. America yeah. had enough of it. I think that's, I think that's Shane, what... I think, was in the 50s or 40s. But yeah, there were the Westerns like Tom Mix. And when movies were coming about, they had the Western serials. It was definitely a staple. And then, you yeah. know, television in the 50s, maybe yeah. the stations would play the old serials, but they had like a lot, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, those shows lasted for a long time, you know. And those are only the ones, that, Gunsmoke and Bonanza, you and I know because they were in reruns and- um, Right, I don't, which I didn't really watch. There was like the Virginian and yeah. um, there were a million of them. The Rifleman. Um, okay, so he slept in some barn hen house last night and he stole their eggs. And he just was letting the chickens roam. He, uh, worst Airbnb guest. <laughs> I 
Uh, hey, you gave me a bad review on Airbnb. You now stole my eggs. Stealing. Look, stealing like yams or some shit. Like you said, and this is the Coffeeville, right? This is the town that nobody has anything. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, all those things came from the farm, you know, growing chicken, uh, picking sweet potatoes. Okay, listen. Now look at his face. Yeah. He's not really, he's almost amused. What do you want? Oh, I got uh, something to give to Goldie. He's he doesn't even really care if he gets he killed. Else he gets it. Uh, yeah, well. You tell me and I'll tell him when he gets up. Um, <laughs> who, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't mind waiting around. He can't wait. <laughs> Look how he's almost laughing. Yeah. You're busy right now, girl. You hear the bell? You think this is a joke? Joke? Oh, wait a minute. That's her bell? Yeah. She's Weird. called to duty. She's a call girl. <gasps> I guess they're calling her. Hey, kid, come over here. I ain't that stupid. Talk to you. Come here. We, we ain't gonna do nothing. Come on. Come on, kid. Hey, word of honor. I'm not gonna do anything. Over That's here, buddy. Over here. Word come of honor. I ain't that stupid. Oh, come on. Come on, come on. Does he get fall for it? We're just gonna tickle you. We're just gonna tickle you. Okay, they're gonna give him some money. To, uh, uh, Goldie was promised by the mayor some tobacco, okay? And so yeah. he, then he starts going like, well, you got any eggs? You have any ham? You know, he goes, you just take the tobacco. I think that's why he's bringing him the eggs, you know, because he um, he wants to contribute to Goldie. Anyway, they don't want to go over there. Goldie just shoots people. So they're like, we'll give you a... Uh, two bits or something like that to deliver this tobacco to Goldie. And then he goes, I want a dollar. And they're like, fuck you. And he goes, all right, give him a dollar. That's eight bits, Carl. Yeah. So, <clears throat> was a bit a coin? I never got that. If two bits was a quarter, that means yeah. one bit is 12.5 cents. Right. So what's a bit? Oh, the American that's the name they called it instead of like cents or something. It's just a name. No, no, no. Cents is cents. There's 25 cents in a quarter. 17.5 cents was called a bit. It was. It's half Weird. a quarter. It's an eighth of okay. a dollar. They called it a bit. You know, maybe because the, the quarter was so powerful. Like you really had to split it in half to kind of comprehend the amount. Like you can see, like one bit oh, goes yeah, to the haircut. Instead of having uh, three nickels and a couple penny, yeah, and you can't. Yeah. Now he, like, he's like, go make us this food, and he like called her bitch. I like, I really don't like it, but he is. It's a complicated movie. He is. Yeah. So he's like, come here, kid. Come here, sit down. Like now they're kind of getting acquainted. I mean, he just brought them eggs and yams. <laughs> And he got him, and he brought him the tobacco. I did notice when he said bitch that they uh, 
deleted it in the, the subtitles. Ah, interesting. A little line. Did nice, Kevin. This is a good breakfast. Cigarette, eggs. And yams. Yams. You got any money? Come on, your folks came all the way from New York. You don't got any money nowhere. Nope. 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 He's our Star Trek convention. He was in a, a connection. He was in Miri. What was the name? Michael J. Yeah. Why do you keep calling him Michael J? But he is Michael J. Pollard. Um, Michael J. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Fox. called Miri. 1966. It was this one if, like, if you... You didn't have the disease when you were a kid, but as soon as you became an adult, you started getting it on your face. Huh. He was also in the first first season in one of the episodes of Lost in Space. As a boy? Yeah, he was a weird boy. He was um he was a Peter Pan like boy who lives in the dimension behind all mirrors. <laughs> oh. Oh, that Peter Pan like boy. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Peter, Billy the Pan like boy. Yeah, you know, Pollard, I, I'm going to go on and say it. I saw a movie, it was a John Houston movie. I think it was called Hard Time. He was a preacher and he was a real scoundrel. And uh -huh. uh, it's just him trying to prophesy. And, you know, it's, I think it's the 20s or could even be the 1800s. But he's just like, if you think he's getting, you know, enjoyment out of this shit used to see him you know as this you know fire uh starter it's pretty cool yeah basically he's so, saying like there's this guy um named big jim okay and he's like russell's cattle and that's a good place to like make a living you know and he's gonna i don't know He's basically he talking about how he's good. Like, he said, like, do you have any money? No. Even though they came from New York, no. And he goes, the difference between you and me is I know how to get money. Now, look what happened. She did that on purpose to hit him in the head. And look what, she, look what he does. Wow. Beating the shit out of her. Well, he didn't. He was just doing a slap thing, right? He didn't really. Right. Well, wait, he and doesn't. He's shaking her. Yeah, of course. He's being very, very violent. This is what goes on between them. Like, she tries to defy him. He gets tough. She does it. But even though she does it, she, she like, she bonked him in the head with it on purpose to go, fuck you, making you food. You know? Now, Billy, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he just allows it to happen. The bartender behind also, you know, it's sort of like not their business or they're embarrassed. Right. Or something. They're looking at their watches. <laughs> yeah. Checking Twitter. Saloon. That box. Look at that view. With one table. It, yeah, it's not really a saloon, saloon. No, a saloon has more than one table, Carl. They have square ones. Ones that you, they get broken when someone gets thrown on it during right. a fist fight. They have right. those collapsible chairs. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean the ones that they, you could hit each other on the head with? Yep. So now, basically, Goldie said, you know, hey, Joe, put up uh, Billy for the night. 
let me see, his name's not Joe. Um, here he is. I didn't this write down his name, bartender. His name's Joseph Ellick. He's from Montana. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and that's why I recognize his face. Um, he was in The Producers in 1967. I don't think he was the Hitler dude. No, um, no, that's a famous guy. Is it, Aren't so, everybody in Coffeeville named Joe? No, well, Big Joe is this castle cattle rustler away from the town. This guy's coincidentally named Joe. Okay, now... He was in River Edge, New Jersey in 2019, and he fell. And when he fell, he just, it didn't go well, and he died. So he died in New Jersey, River Edge, New Jersey, and he was, he's buried in Paramus. He's not a hobo. No, no, he's a Paramus. All so all we respect. Give, we, you know, some people are born in Jersey and other, you know, we give it and we take it away. Is there like a New Jersey tax? So I have to go back and be buried in New Jersey soil? No, you can be buried anywhere you want in this world. I don't owe New Jersey that favor. No. <laughs> There's only so much plots of dirt around here. Oh, yeah, you got to drive. I, it's only so much you could, time you could hold your breath while driving. <laughs> they keep adding bodies. It's going to be longer cemetery rides. Do you remember the one on the Garden State Parkway with the brewery in the middle? Yeah, I do. And I remember as a kid always holding my breath and maybe like right. the brewery, I would go too long. So across the street, there's just a big ruckus. But what they're doing is they're building. Oh, oh no, no, no. This is OK. Remember we heard about the epidemic? Yeah. How happy they leaving. are. Yeah, there's got to be like 20, 30 people coming. So they're like, we're a class three city. Even though they're infected. Well, they might be infected. Well, their perspective isn't... Oh, you mean like they would be infected with this plague? And yeah. I don't know. Plagues... Doesn't a plague also mean like famine? Like you run out of it, food? It kills your cattle, maybe. Something like that. Like maybe it's a plague on the animals. They never seem scared that they're going to get COVID. So it's not COVID. It's more of a pox. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> so look they, they're bringing goats and stuff so i guess those were in effect i don't know no but anyway uh, this is good yeah. for the town they get a bit decent population and you know there's going to be some law and order people like no, uh no no, no this movie this yo no this movie's called dirty little uh larry or whatever the fuck it's billy the billy. kid movie yeah yeah we know it's gonna go straight to crime And they are slow walkers. Can't they speed this movie up? Well, that's you know? the thing about the director. I really love this director, but the, I, I often, every single time I watch this film, I thought this scene was like, you know, a little drag assy. All right, I'll tell you about the film. Warner of Warner Brothers. I told you that. Jack Warren. He's like, fuck you, Warner Brothers. He made, for Columbia, he made that horrible 1776, the musical. And yes. he did this as a producer. The cinematographer is great. You can see how pretty this is, if not lengthy. Yeah. Um, the lighting is great, too. Like, it's all that, you know, natural lighting that natural we see, lighting. even though they're inside. Um, 
The soundtrack's just kind of 1880s music. Plucka, plucka, plucka. Some asshole has his radio on. Uh, 1800s. Do you mind turning your radio off or trying to walk to the new town? (laughs) Put on your headphones. Yeah, can you you put on your headphones? Listen, I hate that one, pa shit. (laughs) Okay, so now there's new people in town. And what does that mean for Goldie? New chances to gamble. Mm. This film premiered at the San Francisco Film Festival in October 20, 1972, before opening at the Vogue Theater. In San Francisco, the Vogue? Five days later. A good theater. I think the Vogue's in the marina. Yeah, San Francisco Film Festival. That's the thing. It was a thing during the 90s, uh, 70s, still happening. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, a screening in the 90s once. In the San... Um... San Francisco Film Festival, yeah. Yeah. The S5. I think it was a Roman Polanski movie, and Roman Polanski spoke via satellite because he wasn't able to come to the country back then or now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't set foot on uh, San Francisco soil for that one. Now, what I want you to know here is um, we were talking about how this is historically inaccurate. Billy had a brother, and he's not in this thing. Right. And so isn't it like he would hang out in Tombstone, Arizona with Wild Earp and Billy the Kid and Billy's brother and then the coward who shot Tom Ford, the coward who shot uh, Jesse James and all those guys? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now he's going to call his friend a punk. Okay, you're on. Bill, get me a fresh bottle of whiskey. We're gonna make us a- he's going to call uh, Billy a punk. And I don't know, Goldie's going to get offended by that. But I don't know if it's really offended or he's just looking for an excuse because his cards were for shit. Because they're doing double or nothing now. All their money and a watch. It's a little hard for me to see the screen. Are they playing draw five card? I can't tell. Oh, no, it's blackjack. Look at those old ass cards, man. Yeah. So he got a two and that fucking sucks. Now, watch him get called punk. Now look, you see him taking the knife? See her taking the yeah. knife? She knows something's going down, but I don't think she knows what. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, punk! Thank you, Bill. Hey, punk. Yeah. Who pours a drink? Where's your manners? Now, is Goldie really offended, or is he looking for some out? You. Oh, so Goldie gets pissed you. off before Billy yeah, registers it. Yeah. I was just kidding. I don't mean anything. That's the okay. worst thing somebody could call you, Carl. Punk. Punk. Kid ain't no punk. Or a poser. That's even worse than being called. You know what's even worse than being called a punk? Just play the poser. poser. The skate rat. Gina is a fucking poser. Gina is fucking poser. poser. Gina is fucking poser now. Understand? Issue? That's really funny. 
Now watch this. Wow, this is the saloon fight? Yeah, you see, like, it's well done. The, it erupts. It's not out. Look how many times he misses. Yeah. This gun is called a, eight, it's a Walter Colt 44, and it was really inaccurate. His name, the gun's name is Walter? Yes. Oh, no, he got shot. Historically Walter. inaccurate. No, he didn't. It misfired. It's not firing. I need more natural lighting in the screen so I can see kind of what's going on. You really can't see? Maybe it's... No, I see images. I, I just... My lighting. It's probably my lighting. So there's a glare on your computer, maybe? Uh, no. Okay, no. okay. I see it. Now, Burl's got that knife. My gun, you little Now, watch this yeah. misfire. It's a real thing. It was called the flash fire. Okay. okay. All six chambers fire at once. Easy, son. He ain't shooting nobody. So what's going to happen when they do it? The guy who shoots get hurt, right? Yes. Oh, the sound effects is great in that. Damn. That's called a flash fire? Yes. Now, the girlfriend, or wife, I don't know, he is mad. You stabbed my husband. Right. Now, look, they're kind of, kind of sword fight. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's a small room they're in. They're, they're, they're going to, one of them is going to kill the other. pretty cool i do like westerns where they have the fights inside like uh i don't know if you ever saw heaven's gate they had a good battle and they're stuck in a shitty mm -hmm. little house i guess the kill bills do a lot of posturing and they clink knives like sword fighting yeah it's weird i guess it's uh like yeah put get your jabs in you know trying to find an opening yeah so th this is the debut of Ed Lauter. I don't know him. Charlie Franklin. I don't know him. An experimental filmmaker artist named William Alt. You know that dude? Alt comedy? Don't know. And, and Nick Nolte. And Nick what they Nolte. used to do is they put this. They would put grease over the front of the six chambers of this cult gun. And that would stop the fire, so it wasn't done. Okay, here it comes. A Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Burl cut her ear off. And while she's getting dragged out of there, Goldie's like, take your bitch's ear. <laughs> Let me put it on. Take your bitch's ear with you. I'm gonna remember this coffee bill. Yeah, what about the ear? 
I hear ya. So that's it. They're gone. And they'll leave for the film. I don't know. You do stuff like that. Don't you think there would be revenge and maybe, maybe not. I mean, this is probably how lawless this neighborhood is that, you know, they're not going to come back and fight, you know, they're uh -huh. lost near. Man, that was crazy, right? Like, <laughs> is it me or are you getting goosebumps? I'm all like, oh, I don't know. You want to do something? You want to take a jog or go get a pizza? <laughs> They're so filthy, like blood is on his back and, you know, dirt and mud. Just a now, little dirty. The one, um, the one guy who's always drinking in the saloon, he's gotten killed. Right. Makes terrible business. This is why they had to close the open mic at the bar, at the saloon. Uh-huh. They killed their <laughs> one patron. <laughs> Eddie. Listen, Andy was a paying customer. Eddie. He Eddie. killed him. Eddie. Yep. He killed Eddie. Yeah, right. Oh, kill Spiegelman, but Eddie was a paying customer. Spiegelman just sits in the back with his list. He doesn't buy a beer. Set decorations here are done this by this guy named George James Hopkins, and I don't know. It's pretty good. I really think I'm in the Old West. Absolutely. I, I will admit, Carl, that it is kind of hard for me to see. I do see the images. It's just things are now, now I see things are clearer. Now that we yeah, finally have sunlight. I think it'll, tr I'm recording on my side and I see it kind of okay. Yeah. I know no, it's perfect. dark. So maybe I try not to watch these movies when, you, when you're doing it because I want to come in fresh. I want to be yeah. like the audience, but less bored. Right. That's the goal is to have like, U.S. audience member. I am, you know, because I'm not wearing pants. Right. I, I'm driving to work. I'm working out at the gym. I'm <laughs> playing the same video game over and over again. Where else do I? I'm at work. That's where I listen to my podcast. Now, this is all filmed in Arizona. You had mentioned Arizona before. There's two, two towns in New Mexico that were used. So now they're talking about the gun. These guns are just not reliable. Just cock them and fire them, cock them and fire them, shoot as fast as you can. Get as He's pointing at his face. I hope to Christ you hit something. Gotta be willing. Gotta have it in. Yeah, obviously they're not NRA members because they wouldn't be waving it at each other. Now, he's going to teach Billy how to shoot. Not too many people notice. That is the stupidest I idea I ever heard. <laughs> They're going to shoot it in the ball, yeah, in the right. plate. Hey, I have an idea. Let's teach Billy the kid how to shoot. Are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? He doesn't know how to, you know, this is his birth, as it were. But, okay, so Burl sees that Goldie's teaching him how to shoot. And that means Burl realizes that Billy is going to be around. And she's, she is not going to support two men. Right now, she's supporting Goldie. Goldie. She's like, if I'm, you gotta. Crossing my legs for good. Okay, squeeze one off. 
you two all the luck in the world. He's a really good actress. Well, who's going to make eggs in jar yam? Yeah, get smacked around. Okay, now, all that's happening is across the street, they're building like a, a hotel. That's all. And there'll just be a commotion. Um, but let me tell you, this movie is a good movie that like doesn't end right. It, it, it ends in a very unsatisfactory way. But it is well done, well shot. All the acting is sensational. I've seen every other one of these other movies you mentioned this guy directed. I've never even heard of this. And maybe it's because yeah. it's one of those early 70s westerns that I just kind of phased out or something. It just, it launched him. So, I don't know. It's just like the other movies about Billy the Kid are sensational and they glorify him and they're really trying to entertain an audience and tell him a story this film has no romance it has no what escapism what's the word you know yeah no it doesn't romanticize it it doesn't uh, provide escape uh ent escapist entertainment i guess you're really there in the 1880s okay now the bell rang look at her. Uh -oh. she's not moving now's the time for you know Kill confrontation. I told you I'm done. Uh oh. Kenneth Brown looking. Guys gotta go to David Buster's down the street. <laughs> uh oh. Now, just... Billy doesn't like it. For the first time ever, right? Right. Billy's not going to be idle. Hey! Hey! You don't want to work, you don't have to work. It ain't right to make her work. It ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. It just ain't right. It ain't right. Damn it. Do you think this is free? Do you think we eat and drink around here for free? Now look, Burl left. And Burl yeah, exactly. went to the bedroom. Okay. Bedroom. So it's just those guys in the room. Yeah, and he's basically trying to explain why he is a pimp to her, but without these terms. Come here. Damn it, Bill, come over here. Oh, I, I need to, stupid. I need to take notes as to explain how, how he's pimping. Dumbass. 